I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly. Hello, and welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. From the Pro Football Hall of Fame to the McKinley Presidential Library and Museum and the Hall of Fame City Food Tour, like, hey, go on a food tour with wineries, excuse me, Uh, travel and lifestyle writer Deborah Stone is back on Big Blend Radio's Vacation Station show today. She's going to tell us all about her adventures in Canton, Ohio. And as she uh, says in her article, she says, this football city, well, it exceeds expectations. And reading it, um, she taught me more about football than I ever knew. Like, it's amazing. And actually, for someone who really doesn't know much about football, I'm going, I'm interested in going to the Hall of Fame because I want to hear about the history of how the sport actually evolved and came to be. Um, Her article will be featured in the November-January issue of Big Blend Radio and TV magazine. Uh, But you can see the article right now. Just go to blendradioandtv.com. Debbie's one of our regular Big Blend Radio expert contributors. And if you just go to blendradioandtv.com, you'll see her expert page there and all her links uh, to her articles on that site and in the magazine. And we like to call her Fire Monkey because she is. So how are you, Fire Monkey, Debbie? <laughs> or Debbie Fire Monkey? <laughs> I'm a sizzling, ladies. I'm a sizzling. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, that's because she went on a food tour in Canton. Like, hey, so, you know, and, and I was just thinking about this. This is cool that you went in there and, and we've got a cool photo that someone took of you in the Hall of Fame, this, you know, the football <laughs> Hall of Fame. Um, but this is interesting, you know, because you've been covering the Midwest. You did Detroit, Cleveland, and you went from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to the Football Hall of Fame. So Ohio seems to be really kicking some Hall of Fame butt in regards to, you know, football, music, you name it. Yeah, you know, it it really is. It's kind of at a a state that I just, you know, didn't didn't really consider a whole lot when I was thinking about traveling and, and, uh, but uh, then when I was doing this emphasis on the Midwest and the heartland and yeah, I went from the Motown, uh, you know, the Motown museum in Detroit and then the rock and roll, you know, hall. And then, you know, here's the football hall of fame. And it's just, there's a lot, lot in these places, but Ohio, there's, there's more than meets the eye. And especially in a place like Canton, where I think everybody, you know, uh, definitely ties the, the uh, football hall of fame to Canton. But um, as I say in my story, there's, you know, there's this incredibly cool food scene. There is also a whole music scene. There is some mm. history there uh, and, you know, art, public art on display. And so it really is worth um, a trip, especially if you do it kind of as a sideline to uh, or as an extra 
uh, uh, leg in your journey if you're going to Cleveland, because it's only probably about, I think it's about just an hour away uh, from Cleveland. So uh, it makes for, you know, a nice uh, extra stopover. And for people who especially are fans of of uh, football, it is definitely a uh, pilgrimage. It's a bucket list attraction for them. It's interesting, too. And I, I'm going to give everyone the website to go to visit Canton.com uh, for Canton, Ohio. And if you're into football, check out ProFootballHOF.com. Um, but it's interesting because of the presidential history. Um, yes. You know, when you're at Cleveland, I'm just kind of looking at this because they're all connected. Uh, we had President James Garfield has, you know, a historic site in, in Mentor, Ohio. He's also got his memorial there. And right. then here we've got President McKinley. Um, he's got his memorial, but also his presidential library. And then you've got the First Lady's uh, National Historic uh, Site, which I thought was interesting, too. But um, to have this presidential history, again, you know, we it, it just, I had no idea. <laughs> I've got a lot to learn. Yeah, I think going well, on the road teaches you that. You know? And it does. You know, when you go out and travel and go around, you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, McKinley, he's a, a native Ohioan. He called Canton home. Uh, for much of his adult life. Uh, he was a lawyer there. He married his wife there. He ran for president there. And, you know, uh, there's a couple of really kind of uh, fun historical uh, photos, one where he's doing one of his famous front porch speeches, which is where he would do a campaign speech. But he would, instead of going out and about, he would be there at his, his house, at his front porch, and people would come to him wow. from all over and there's a picture you know of him you know out on the front porch and all you see are these crowds of people who've come to listen to him but it's interesting how you know campaigning has definitely changed I mean he yeah. his his way of doing things is you know was definitely unique but but he you know was it became quite his signature so to speak Neat. And then how it, so the First Lady's National Historical Site, I um, heard about that during interviews uh, with the National Parks Conservation Association and, and talking about this uh, site. And to me, it's interesting because a lot of times the First Ladies, you don't hear much about them. In fact, we've had Edith Mayo, mm. Edie Mayo, uh, on our show uh, years ago. She helped put together the First Lady's exhibit at the Smithsonian uh, Museum. Mm. And she was talking about, you know, we needed something for the first ladies. It's always the presidents and it's the men, but the women, you know, behind every great man is a great woman. <laughs> Just saying. And um, yep. she, she was talking <laughs> about this need. And I think this was one of the first sites, because we, we talk a lot about it during Women's History Month in March. And this was one of those sites that um, were one of the first national sites, national historic sites dedicated to women and we don't have that many of them but this is one of one of the first and one of the few and uh, and it is I'm yeah and there. it is a partnership with you know the the whole um, national uh, park system but it, it, it consists of there's a there's a research center and uh, education area and uh, you know where they really um, focus on making sure they document, um, from what I understand, all the contributions that the first ladies have made. Because, you know, every first lady has usually uh, seizes upon a cause or some sort of platform mm -hmm. um, in which they pursue and uh, do a lot of work to to bring it to light um, d during their, their time, you know, in the White House. And so, you know, they keep track of all of that. And then the site has the uh, Ida Saxton McKinley house. And Ida Saxton, of course, was McKinley's wife. And, um, you know, she, she, they had a home there. And 
So, you know, you can go through that. It, 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 there's a, it's kind of a Victorian style house back in the mid 1800s. Um, the furnishings are of the style of that time. The docents are in costume. Um, you know, they'll talk to you a little bit about uh, the, the house and, you know, kind of the history and the whole, the whole scene there. So it is, it is a nice, uh, I think it is really nice to focus on, like we said, the first ladies and what it is that they've done of value, um, while they've been, you know, married to the president, you know? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And and this is inside a Victorian home that looks beautiful. Again, here we go with the architecture, right? Yes. <laughs> and once I again, to Ohio another, yeah, <laughs> another architectural, uh, you know, hive of, of all these really cool places and, uh, you know, the, the, the styles of architecture, the beaux arts, mm. and, you know, the nouveau and all the different kinds of Victorian styles and uh, definitely if you do take this food tour, it's kind of a nice mm. combination because you can actually um, hear from the uh, guide as you walk around. She'll stop at these different places and talk about the buildings and talk about oh, nice. public art. Mm. And so, you know, one of their famous ones is the Palace Theater, which um, I saw from the outside. I think you, you can go inside and obviously it is still a, a working theater with a, a stage and an orchestra pit and also a, a silver screen, so to speak. But it goes back I think the original one goes back, you know, I, I don't know, back to I think the 1920s, a vaudeville kind of movie house, wow. and uh, that was going to be uh, kind of slated for the Wrecking Ball at a certain point in time, and then uh, they, uh, I think it was the JCs that came in and uh, raised money, and so they reopened it in 1980, and it uh, has, you know, hosts 300 and some events a year. Uh, it is has one of the few Kilgan pipe organs left in the country and the only one wow. that actually remains in its original uh, home. And so it's a very cool place. I mean, George Burns was there, Count Basie and his orchestra played. You know, it really oh. was a the place at wow. at the time. Wow. And what about the trumpeters of justice, these angels? I mean, this is amazing. This, I mean, yeah. This is so the Stark yep. County Courthouse is a very cool uh, building, and the, the Trumpeters of Justice, I think the building goes back to the 1890s, but the, there's four women, and they're, um, you know, mm -hmm. these uh, large um, uh, copper, I believe, um, and I, I think they might be 11 feet tall, but, you know, I think it's, it's commerce, it's justice, it's agriculture, it's industry, and uh, it, it, they are beautiful, and they can be seen, you know, from all over. Uh, it's a, I, I thought it was remarkably um, just a, a, a beautiful uh, piece of work. And like I said, you, know, you come into town and you can see them, mm -hmm. and you're like, what is that? What are those? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, and I, I love that because, you know, to me, there's all of this architecture, the public art, like you talked about. And one of the things that I saw was, um, these murals and yeah. I'm excited to see uh the greetings tour and their mural there there's a greetings tour and this this husband and wife team going across the country and painting these murals they did one here in Tucson that is incredible and it's neat because she goes out and takes photographs of the area and then mm -hmm. he's the muralist and he takes her photos and put membership fees apply after free trial cancel anytime can i be real for a second that goal you have to exercise and eat better 
You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Them, paints them, basically, into the interior of the letter. So, like, that's what you see in Canton or in Tucson. Right. And um, I was so thrilled to see that. And I've been following them on Instagram ever since they've been here in Tucson. And I'm like, dude, they are cool. And they go everywhere. They were just in Death mm, Valley. They were in Alaska. They're, they're, you know, and then all of a sudden they go quiet. And they're like, well, dude, you know what it's like in an RV sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> things break down. And I'm like, I know. We're going on yeah. Love Your Parks Drive, though. All about the things that happen on the road. Or this is, they're the coolest couple with what they're doing. And I, I didn't know they were in Canton, Ohio. Just in, I'm like, oh, now Debbie's there. She's, she's with the mural. <laughs> I was stoked to see that. That was yeah, really it's, cool. I, I love being able to walk around a town and, and seeing murals and public mm. art. It just like, uh, like we talked about with Cleveland too. It's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It just makes for a wonderful experience. And when, you know, they come as a surprise and they pop up and you're like, Whoa, what's that? Mm. And that's cool. And oh, look at that. And there's a, you know, a music block and, you know, there's yes. a lot of public art and, you know, then there's a lot of, you know, there's been, there's a lot of football related public art as well. Mm. And, you know, Canton, it's history, uh, you know, it's, it's, it really is the, the birthplace, uh, you know, of, of football, of the, the American Pro Football Association. They renamed it eventually the National Football League, the NFL. But, you know, it dates back, I think, to 1920 when it, when it's actually yeah. formed. And Canton, uh, you know, it's, the Football Hall of Fame is located in Canton because, um, for, for one reason, because it was founded, the, the, uh, American Professional Football Association was founded there, but also the Canton Bulldogs, you know, they were one of those early day pro football powers. Um, and then also, uh, the great Jim Thorpe, who most people have mm. at least heard of, um, yeah. you know, he was the first big name athlete to play pro football and he played his first pro football with the Bulldogs, the Canton Bulldogs. So we, you know, back in 1915. So the citizens of Canton back in the early early 60s, they, they launched a really well-organized, you know, campaign. They were determined to earn the site designation for, for, for their city, for Canton. And so it, the National Football League did award the site for the Hall of Fame to Canton back in 1961, and it opened its doors in 1963. Wow. And, you know, when mm. you think about the history of football, Theodore Roosevelt stood up for football. He was the one who's like, yep. did they have any exhibits of him? Because it's interesting because he took over from McKinley when, you know, President McKinley was assassinated. Right. He was the vice president. And, you know, if you think about both Garfield and McKinley getting assassinated, now that's a yes. whole history thing I want to get into. Like, that's like, I want to go there and just get into that story. And I was, it started making me think about how many presidents have been assassinated in our country. Like, when you think about it, it's a, or even through duels and things like that, you start to think, like, wow, think what happened? I think it's you know, four. It, yeah, but, it, I mean, you've got JFK, you've got uh, Lincoln, think, you know, and, and then Hamilton, the Hamilton thing. That, uh, what's his name? Not Aaron uh, Yeah, that was a yeah. duel. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting well, thing. but that's not an assassination. No, I said... Yeah, a duel. It's not really in the stuff. And, and, and then they were like, dude, we didn't really want to. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but when you go into Teddy Roosevelt, he like, this, this is how 
okay, I learned all about this on Drunk History. <laughs> I love Drunk History. It's one of my oh, favorite gosh. TV shows ever. <laughs> so I know that you need to go yeah. to the Pro Hall of Fame, uh, Football Hall of Fame to get the true thing. But he really, you know, football at that point, like people, when it first started, people weren't quite getting it. And he kind of helped push this to become like a real sport did they have anything that you saw on, on him you know I didn't see I didn't see anything but of course you know this place is 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 about 118,000 square feet it's wow. you know quite large and wow. and uh you know there's like there's all different types of exhibits and you know different focus and emphasis of, of, of football and so it, you know there could possibly be something um you know they they do talk about you know all the uh the uh, first century, you know, where you can learn the story of the football. You learn about the 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 way the football actually changed in shape and yeah. um, how it became this big worldwide phenomena. And so it's a really interactive um, um, museum. And, and by the way, it is a nationally accredited museum and the first major sports hall of fame to hold this designation. So that in itself says something um, that they have accreditation um, as a museum. And uh, it it is it is remarkable well done and I think I say in my story you know if you're not a fan of the game when you enter it you know you're you're probably going to be one when you when you leave and uh it's just you get kind of caught up in the the, the excitement and you know you you go and look at all the bronze busts in the hall of fame gallery and you look at all these bios and photos and videos and you you know go to this this wonderful show that's a, this multi-sensory show the game for life and they've got these holographic uh, figures, you know, of these, you know, coaches and players. And, wow. you know, they talk about how football once, you know, we've heard about how, uh, you know, just like the game of baseball or game of football, you know, can be used to teach uh, lessons about life. And they focus mm. a lot about commitment and courage and they focus about perseverance and um, integrity. Mm. And so they, they really try uh, to, to emphasize that in terms of what, you know, what their mission is and their values, which, you know, respect and excellence. And, you know, really, they say it's, you know, they, they look at it as, you know, not, it's, it's more than a game, you know, and mm -hmm. a lot of times it's build, the place is built as is one of the most inspiring, the most inspiring place on earth and the Sistine Chapel of football. You know, and I, I love that because you do learn so much from sports. Um, excellence, you brought that up. I know you, well, you know we're we're um, ambassadors of the eight keys of excellence. The first key of excellence is commitment. I mean, yeah. in integrity. The fifth one is commitment. And mm -hmm. you, you, sports and failure leads to success. Knowing that you can learn from your mistakes. And football, I think what people love about it is you can see when some you know, the underdog winning, you know, and mm -hmm. things like that. There's that, and I think that's part of it where America loves the underdog taking over and going, yeah, watch this, you know? Absolutely. And I think we love those stories, and I think that's what's so cool. Even if you don't follow football or you don't understand the different teams, there are so many stories in sports, life lessons from it, and there's just so, such amazing can-do and I-will-do-it stories. Um, Teddy Roosevelt okay, I had to go make sure on this. And it was, he was the one who helped football have uniforms and not just uniforms, mm. but the actual protective gear. That's what he did mm. because people, when it first happened, when f football first came here uh, or became, you know, a sport, it was more like rugby. Yeah. And I grew up in a rugby culture well, in South Africa and it bad. was brutal. And yeah. <laughs> people were appalled what was happening. And even his own son got really, you know, battered up. And right. he was the one saying, no, we need to have some protective gear. Yeah. And if you think about that now, 
and how football has changed into the gear, the numbers on your back, you know, the, the right. t-shirts yeah. and all the merchandise that goes with it yeah. in everything, the, the, you know, the colors that you're wearing in your team. Oh, uh, absolutely. So that's why I think he might be in the uniform department. Did they have that where you talked about the balls changing uh, shape yep, and everything? They showed the different footballs and how it, you know, evolved over the years. And they showed the different uniforms and showed the, you know, different equipment and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And there's this wonderful, um, you know, beautiful statue of um, uh, Jim Thorpe there too, which is, is, you know, and I real I didn't realize that, um, you know, but a lot of people know he was he was the first Native American to win gold mm -hmm. a gold yeah. for the U.S. You know, and mm -hmm. uh, he was inducted um, into the the inaugural class. He was enshrined in 1963 into the Hall of Fame. Um, but you know, they took away they at one point in time they took away his medals because they found that he'd gotten paid for two of his games. And back then they had the amateur rule but oh. uh 30 years like 30 years later the ioc you know reinstated his uh medals i think they were for something like pen, maybe the pentathlon the decathlon something like that uh back in 1912 when he hmm. earned them but you know it's, it, i i learned things um some people might have known all this i you know football to me i've you know, I would be aware of it peripherally. Um, I, I lived in a house of, of, of males. Um, I had sons only, not females. And so uh, in order to find conversation with my, my sons, I had to, you know, I had to learn something about football and I had to read sports pages and, and do all that. And uh, in the process, and then, you know, go cheer for college teams and all that kind of stuff. So in the process, I, you know, I learned, learned something about it, but going to the hall of fame is, you know, tenfold of what I, I really learned. Wow. That's amazing. You know, we've, we've done a, a few interviews with the uh, Louisiana sports hall of fame. And by the time, you know, they, you know, finished speaking, you're like, I want to be a sports person. <laughs> you are like, I want to go, I'm going to be rocking and run around the block, you know, because you, you talk about the inspiration part you do get into that, and and I think it's interesting. It's a definitely an American sport, right? And it's just, yes. just a you know part of American history and culture. Um, I know that you went to the Hall of Fame game and the concert for Legends. Um, there, it's played at the um, at the Tom Benton Hall of Fame Stadium. So music has always played a part of football when you think about it. The national anthem being sung. There's always the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl halftime yep. game. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Did, so did you get any? Was, did they have like Super Bowl commercials playing when you went there? No, but you know they tell. I mean, you know, you get to know. You know, I mean, I think I believe, I believe it was Maroon Five who played this past enshrinement uh, week for the the concert for Legends. But um, you know, it's more than just like a day. It's like, you know, I think it's a week or ten days. I don't. It's you know for the enshrinement week, and yeah. it's gone from a day. You know, it's just built up to that, and and you know they get. You know, thousands of people who come, and you know they they uh, you know the the whole thing with the gold jackets when the they're in trouble. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you, and nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? 
That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. And I think it's, you know, there's like, I believe there's like 48 people that select uh 18 finalists and from there they go down and I think it's I think it's no fewer than four and no more than eight are chosen each year and they it's not just players it's you know coaches it's also executives you know from um, front office or player personnel and so Mm -hmm. it's a combination of of people who are all involved in the game of football and um, so you know which which I think is great because there are so many other people that are uh, that are there besides the players that are involved you know Mm. now the one thing I'm very excited that you wrote about was the national youth football and sports complex and this sounds like it's 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 football soccer lacrosse and rugby excuse me and so this is a huge project that is being worked on right now Absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, uh, the company is Johnson Controls and they are putting together this big, uh, you know, uh, development. Um, and, uh, the, there's these fields that they, they're already using. They haven't completed all of the fields, but they're already using the fields for youth, uh, games. And then they're doing this big campus with, you know, there's going to be a hotel and there's going to be shops and restaurants and actually a performance center and there's going to be some sort of player care center, um, medical care, and then a whole, you know, kind of amusement park, water park thing. But this is, uh, this is huge and it's, it's supposed to be finished or mostly finished, I think, by 2020, which is the centennial of the NFL's founding in the city. And so that is going to be, wow. I think, a huge major major event and and with big all party. this happening yeah. yeah big party big party big party wow this mm. is so when you think about canton ohio like is it smaller than than cleveland i mean what are we looking yes. at oh yes like? yes it's because yes. of the photos and and you're writing it yes. feels very charming and very um warm and not yep. so huge city but something you could just you know start walking like you said you went on a walking food tour yeah with it's Art. a small city and the downtown is very, um, you know, fairly compact. And so you can walk all over downtown and, mm. and, uh, you know, nice. then go to the Hall of Fame. And then there's, you know, uh, several other, you know, kinds of attractions around, uh, Canton as well. But, uh, no, the city is, you know, it's, it's, it's not a huge city by all means. Um, and it feels, it definitely feels very, um, no, just like you said, very kind of warm and, and, you know, welcoming, but there's, there's this real kind of real historic edge to it. And you feel that because of the architecture of the buildings. And mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, it's kind of a, a kind of a cool vibe to think that a city that, you know, is this old um, that, you know, then also has this, the football hall of fame here, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, a cool combination of, of those aspects. Let's go into the food side because you went walking around and you said there's food trucks there, there's eateries, cafes, coffee houses. You went to the oldest restaurant, Bender's Tavern. Yep, and that is uh, that. I think that is back in oh god, I, I, 1902. I think is when it wow, it wow. opened. But uh, yeah, they specialize in turtle soup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
Poor little turtles, sorry. <laughs> Can't open. And then, uh, you know, also. But I know, but, but there are. Seafood. Yeah, yeah. But the thing to me that you found is Mexican street food. And you see, now you're in Santa Fe. I know you come out here to Tucson and you, you, you know, you Mexican yep. food. And you're thinking about Mexican food in Ohio. Um, how was it? Like, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Was, like, it was great. I mean, they, this, this guy, the, the owner of the chef there is just, I mean, they had really fabulous. I mean, I had the, I think I had the fish tacos because I'm a, a fish person and the fish yeah. tacos were fabulous. And then they had just these, you know, the great bowls and they, oh, they had wonderful, you know, um, chips and, and wonderful, um, accompaniments with those and just, oh my gosh, it was, I, I was really impressed. And like, I, I, I get my fill of very, very good New Mexican food here in Santa Fe, as I know that you get your, your share in Tucson. And so I'm pretty picky when it comes to things. And I was yeah. very impressed with this particular restaurant, which uh, I'll give a shout out to Street Side. So right on. Uh, and it's very, and it's yeah. newly opened. It's not even, I don't even think it's a, I don't even think it's a year old. I know it's oh, not a year old. Oh, go. You went from the oldest to the newest. I like cool. this. And and I love it because, hey, listen, you know, our Mexican friends are around the country, you know, yep. and they are some of the best chefs in the world come oh, from yeah. Mexico. I'm sorry, and this but guy, I, I, this guy isn't even, I mean, he's not even, um, he's not a, a Mexican uh, oh, wow. native. I mean, and, you know, it's just this, he's got a great uh, way of putting in flavors and, and uh, mm. textures and, yeah, it was yummy. And then we went over to George's Lounge, which, uh, you know, I think is a 1950s place, but it was a crooner's cool. bar and Dean Martin actually sang there. And Nancy, it is just Dean so Martin. cool. That's the first thing she said off your article. <laughs> Dean Martin. <laughs> She had a crush on Dean Martin since she was a little girl. Oh, my gosh. She still does. I mean, it's like Nancy, if you were to spend happy hour with anyone other than David Attenborough, it would be him. Dean Martin. Dean Martin and David Attenborough in the same happy hour. Imagine that. Oh, my gosh. She'd be over the moon. Over the moon, Nancy, right? (laughs) I know. But, hey, I mean, if he was there, like, Nancy needs to go there because that's going to make her very, very happy. And a happy mother is a happy... Tucson, Tucson, and Tucson. I can barely say it. I know. It's like, Um, but yeah, but I think that's a good one. Now you had like, that's 50s food, but you were talking about, you know, we have the word hipsters everywhere, but this is dipsters. Yes. Well, you know, this is, they they specialize. I mean, they, and this is a really um, beloved locals uh, uh, place. And, uh, you know, they have all these, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know, is it $5 meatloaf, you know, the kind of day and, but they have gourmet burgers, they have these hand cut fries, and they have all these like sauces you can dip fries in. And so Mm. they're really different types of flavors, like, you know, blue ribbon beer cheese, and uh, Ohio maple syrup and Ben's peanut butter. And then they have these amazing uh, milkshakes that uh, they like granny's dutch apple pie I had a peach one that was amazing and you know also you know local craft beer and uh, but nice. it's the ambiance of the place that I think is just so neat and uh, I, I you know that's the kind of place I, I really enjoy going into those kinds of places and you you also had um, some food from the orient you went to basil yes. asian 
bistro and yes. you know the the food photos they look so vibrant and colorful yes. and fresh and yep yep they have every i so mean every good. type of asian it's a meld of different asian uh cuisines you know whether it's vietnamese or you know whether it's thai or japanese um you know chinese i mean there it just it's it's um just really a, a cool, really cool place with one of those menus that goes on forever. And you're just like, oh, I cannot make a choice here. And it's, it's a good thing if you're with a group of people and then you can order a bunch of different things and just, you know, kind of share family style, which is the way to go because, you know, there's just too many things you want to, to, uh, to try, you know, you, mm. you know, instead of just having one meal for yourself, it's like, I want to try this, 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 and that, you know, <laughs> I know. And there's, and there's, seafood involved and, and Debbie gets happy yes. about that you know oh, I do I really do <laughs> what is it you know this is interesting because you were talking about Mexican food up in Ohio and, and yet here it is amazing food right and you have traveled to a lot of these Asian com- countries and you come back yeah. and here it is you eat in these different restaurants in America and you what do you I mean that's interesting do you when you eat food in this country because this is it. I'm looking for really good Indian food, and I'm still in search of, I don't know, there's these flavors I have in the back of my mind and mm. in my heart and soul from right. growing up in different countries with Indian food. And so when you eat food in America, do you look for the flavors that you had in the different countries that you visited? You know, I, I, it's wonderful to try to do that, but I think sometimes it's it's hard to mm-hmm. um, replicate that. I think um, sometimes when it's when it's here in the United States, they often do some things to what I call Americanize the the, yeah. the flavors, um, whether it's to make them maybe sweeter or just I don't know more maybe accessible or approachable for for the mass population um you know then then you come across once in a while uh, you know a restaurant that is like oh my gosh they really are doing the real thing you know and whether it's Thai cuisine or Japanese food or um you know we've got this wonderful restaurant in Santa Fe it's called Jumbo's and it's Afro-Caribbean and it is good and it has wonderful flavors that are from you know that part of the the that kind of cuisine and that regions of the of the world you know so but you know every once in a while you come across something and you're like this is truly authentic you know when i was living in seattle i would um you know the first way of seeing whether um a japanese restaurant was really good was you know to walk in and see that okay the most of the people were dining there were japanese you know okay. and you know it's like asking somebody you know you know where can i eat the kind of food that that, you know, you are accustomed to eating in your country, you know. Mm. That's, it's interesting because at the same time, I think, you know, some, I, I know some Italian restaurants that had to change things up a little bit because Americans didn't quite get Italian cuisine, some of them. Like it, there's just a difference. Sure. They expect pizza to be this sure. way or whatever. And uh, talking to some Lebanese friends and things. And it, it's interesting to me because you do need to, you know, appease your customers and stay open. Of course. And at the same time, the ingredients are never going to be a hundred percent the same as if you were in the the other country that you're from. You know, um, it's never going to be a hundred percent, even if you're importing them. By the time it's just never a hundred percent. You well, know, right. freshness. Right. And so you're going to do something, and then there's like the whole fusion. Mm-hmm way yep. of cooking and that's a whole other cool thing is the future yeah and i think you know if you're interested you know if, if asian food you're, you're saying it's it's wonderful when there, there's a meld of those 
uh, you know, those flavors and, uh, you know, in the hands of a very skilled and talented chef, you know, who can really bring those flavors to life, you know, it's, it's wonderful and put their own spin on something as well, you know. Mm. Sounds like you had a really good, delicious time and uh, you got sports in there, you got history in there, you got food, and apparently you got wine and this winery... <laughs> This winery uh, sounds like it's its own amusement park. It is. <laughs> it is a true um, a destination. Um, it's Gervasi Vineyard, um, and it's just ten minutes from from downtown Canton. And it's this beautiful estate property that uh, you feel like you're in old world Tuscany. And it, you know, there's a winemaking facility. There's um, vineyards. There's these beautiful landscapes and a lake and you know, then there are these, these cool. you know, wonderful dining facilities, restaurants, um, the Crush House, uh, where I had lunch. Um, and then there's there's this uh, bistro, which is a, a more of an upscale restaurant with very authentic Italian dishes. And then uh, the Piazza, which is more casual lakeside type of place. But it's a, it's a beautiful place. And you can stay there, too. They have these you know, wonderful, beautiful um, villas, uh, these luxury suite accommodations. And they're, the thing is, is they're building more. They're making, uh, they're creating a new boutique hotel there and they're creating another, uh, like a distillery and, um, you know, people have weddings there and there's this, you know, you can take cooking classes from the chefs there and, you know, the shop and the whole, I mean, it's just, it, it is one of these places where not only can you spend the whole day there just eating and enjoying wine, but you can spend the night, you know, spend the I like weekend. <laughs> I, I looked at the photos of it and I'm looking and going, it almost feels Southwestern in a way, which is going to be more, you know, the Mediterranean style and, you know, feel because the rooms, just the roundness, there's yes. like almost Adobe like, doesn't, you know, in a way. It's a very, it's, um, it's very Tuscany. It really does yeah. have a feel like a very old world kind of Tuscan yeah. type of thing. They've done an amazing job with, um, you know, all the features and the architecture and all, of course, the design touches. And it just, um, it, it really was an impressive place. And, you know, I've been to a lot of vineyards, but this is, is truly a destination hmm. vineyard and it has everything there and the food was was excellent and um so i think if you're ever in that cleveland canton area this is this really is a a, a must if you enjoy I go. wine and good food Sounds and great. and an ambiance that that takes you back to that old world tuscany and was the wine good because you, yes. you know we always think about wine you you you're going to think about california finger lakes yep. you know yep some in Texas, but, you know, Arizona's kicking some, you know, wine butt too. And, and so is New Mexico. I'll be nice to New yeah, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you don't often hear about Ohio producing wine. No. <laughs> and you don't. I know every state does. Thank you. And there are actually, what did they, they said there was over 250 wineries in Ohio. Really? Wow. I do believe that, believe that Gervasi, they have won wow. awards. In fact, I saw bottles with awards on them at the various you know wine shows that have uh, uh, and wine spectator and things like that and so um, uh, I think they have you know um, they do about a 9,000 case production and um, so they they have you know uh, a number of different um, uh, types of of wine and uh, they even also do an uh, actually, I think they also do an ice wine as well, which is yeah, kind I was going to cool. say you're up in yeah. that area that you could do ice wine. Yes, I yes, know Michigan do. does ice wine. Hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. Cool. So, and Rieslings cool. and, you know, they do a, you know, wonderful Toscana, which is like a, a noble red and a, they do a Cab Sauvignon and, you know, so they do, uh, and their distillery is soon going to be, you know, producing vodka and gin and whiskey and brandy and <laughs> well, party time. Okay. Canton sounds good because it's also got all the music history too. And I love that, that, um, you had a, a like a, it, it, it's public art. It, it's like a saxophone just yes. on the yep. street corner. Here it is, yep. you know, this yep. giant <laughs> saxophone. So there's just so much <laughs> there. I'm, I want to go. I, I can't wait to get to the Midwest. I had no idea. Um, and so thank you for that fire monkey going out there and, and getting good stories <laughs> and having good times to get the good stories. Um, Absolutely. Where did, what, what about lodging wise? Um, what are the kind of, you know, are there bed and breakfast? Up? Okay. Stay at the yeah, winery. There's, okay. There's, yeah, there's, I mean, you know, you've got the, the Gervasi there, but you know, you've got every, you know, you've got all, uh, all different kinds of, of, uh, places. I mean, you've got, you know, kind of, uh, small hotels and you have, you know, uh, I'm, there's inns, I'm sure there's quite probably quite a few other kinds of, of, of places, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's plenty of places to, to stay and, um, you know, be comfortable. And of course they have to have places to stay just because of the fact that they get all these people coming for the, you know, yeah. uh, okay. football hall of fame, you know, experience. So yeah, I think it's, you know, uh, definitely a, and it's also definitely a place that if you wish to come just for the day, if you want to come from Cleveland, you can mm. head over and, you know, do the Hall of Fame and then do, you know, downtown Canton. And um, okay. so, yeah, you know, it's one you of those could things. You could do that in Cleveland, yeah. too. That's, that's good. I bet, I, I bet the Hall of Fame, I mean, the, the football mm. Hall of Fame, I should say, because that's going to affect the entire area, just like the Rock and Roll right, Hall of right. Fame in Cleveland. I mean, yeah. it's like, you could just do the Hall of Fame tour and food tours and just right. be happy. Go ha go to a winery. I mean, this sounds really good to me. I'm I'm like I'm I'm going up there. Um, everyone, again, the website. Go to visitkenton.com and also Pro Football Hall of Fame website is profootballhof.com. And of course, read Debbie's article at blendradioandtv.com. You'll see her expert page there in the expert department, or just type in Canton, uh, and you'll get the article. And uh, also, uh, you'll be able to see her slideshow and uh, see the, the photos we were talking about. And um, you'll see it also in the November to January issue of Big Blend Radio and TV magazine. And uh, don't forget, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. But before we go, Debbie, you know we like music, right? Yeah. And uh, this is the official football song of Big Blend Radio. <laughs> so we had to play it. We've had many a Super Bowl radio party on Big Blend Radio over the years. And um, one thing we learned is that when you support any team for any sport, you must eat in <laughs> your your team's name. Yes. So, you know, when you're like rooting for the Miami Dolphins, then you need to eat what dolphins eat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we have learned about football with Big Blend Radio. <laughs> and then we play music. But um, everybody, this is Throwdown by Johnny Master and the Mama's Boys out of New Orleans. Um, but this is off of an older album. It's called Take Me to Your Maker. And that's what happens if you don't win. No, I'm just um, no but it's a great album. You can keep up with Johnny Master and the Mama's Boys. Go to johnnymastro.com. But here it is, Throwdown. Thanks so much for joining us, Debbie. Always fun. Thanks a lot, ladies. Have a good one. You, you too. too. One, two, three, four. One, two, da, da.